What's kind of strange sometimes is uh, um, the simplest things that will mess with you and, and seem like they wreck you for a, a short season of life. I've been saying this over and over in class, but in a in just a simple little book that that is basically a collection of works from Soren Kierkegaard, there's this little piece that just came out and just keeps on messing with me over and over. It keeps on saying, and this resonates in my mind over and over, he states that, the most beautiful and most profound things in life are not to be read or to be seen or even heard, but if one would attempt, if one will, to be lived. And this thing that we're doing is, is attempting to live this vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ in a way that expresses itself in ministry to other people. How can you live this relationship with Christ and not have it impact other people it doesn't even make sense to me i can't reconcile that in my head i can't see how it could be private it's meant to be lived in the context of people in the community and so today is really cool because you collected a bunch of things as you walked in this this little document i have in my hand but there's three people that represent you and i think represent the best of us and so michael joe and natalie are going to come up and they're going to share with you opportunities to live our lives in the context of what it means to be a community. Come on up, guys. So it was first semester, freshman year, and I was getting some lunch in Baldwin. Uh, I had some nice hash browns. I had my eggs. I had my bacon. Anybody love bacon here? It's like this nice, crunchy piece of meat that's like greasy. Guys, it's meat. It's, it's not supposed to taste like that. Sorry, it's just, it's just gross. I call them pig, pig chips. Um, anyway, <laughs> so I was there just like eating my pig chips, just having a good time. Um, and then my, my good friends, Alana and Lydia, came up to me. Um, they had just gotten back from somewhere doing something. I knew that because they, they had like dirt all over their jeans, and they were like really dressed down, and usually they're like, Pretty, pretty, pretty dressed up, looking pretty good. But, and then they had like some sawdust on our t-shirt and I was wondering exactly, what are they doing? Um, so they asked me like, so how's your day been going? And I'm like, I really wanna know what they're doing, but I'll just answer this question first. So like, I did some homework, I slept in a little bit, it was good, and now I'm eating food, um, pig chips. Uh, and they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I asked them, what were you guys doing? Uh, and they were like, they started doing power poses, they were like this, they are like superwoman. They're like, <clears throat> they're super excited about whatever they're doing. It's like, we built wheelchair ramps. And I'm like, and my first reaction was, where were you building wheelchair ramps? I mean, like, we're, we're uh, wheelchair accessible, like, all across campus. It's like, where do you do this? We're like, all young, live students and stuff. But, and I'm like, oh, they, like, went out in Marion and did this. This is, like, week three. How in the world are you, like... You, you just perfected everything, you perfected your entire life here on campus, you got all your homework figured out, all these different things, and you're already doing things in the community? That's pretty sweet. So my first reaction was like, that's really cool, but how do they have the time to do that? My second reaction was, how, why, why am I not doing this? I need to get to do this. My third reaction was, because I have no time to do it. I got homework to do. Um, so I completely understand that, but after a little while, I decided that I would try it out. So I went uh, to go build a wheelchair with those girls um, through faith in action, a ministry in the community. 
And little did I know that I wasn't just going to build a wheelchair ramp. I was being a, beginning a journey to go and understand Marion. 46953. That's the zip code that we have here. Um, that's where we all live. We live in Marion. We share the same zip code with everybody here who lives in this community. Uh, we can, like, one day I, I took a run. It's like, I'm going to get my marathon on, and I ran all the way to the library. And I'm like, while I'm doing this, I might as well go get a library card, you know? But they said, I'm sorry, you can't get a library card unless you prove that you live in Marion. And I'm like, how do you do that? Uh, they're like, you, you give us a piece of mail. I mean, you sh it shows your address on it. It proves that you're a resident of Marion. And I'm like, man. This really stinks. I need to run all the way back and then run over here like 10 miles. I'm going to get super fit, but I won't be able to read a book because I'll be dead. Um, so I, I ended up not doing that. That was last year. Somehow I'll get to that when I bring a piece of mail. But nobody's gotten me any cards yet, so I can't get a library card. So please show me some love and show me some mail. Um, <clears throat> anyway, yeah, we're, we're a part of this community. Um, you can get some Papa John's ordered. It can come on campus. You can eat it in your dorm without even leaving. Just get a telephone. It's pretty sweet. Um, you go to church in Marion. The thing that is, is really difficult, though, is that even though we live in Marion, we don't feel like we're a part of Marion. We, we don't live in Marion. We live at IWU, the way we feel. We, we live here. We eat here. We work here. We study here. We go to classes. All our friends live here. So why in the world would we ever want to leave this amazing place um, we're being poured into and loving on people. Um, why, would, why would we leave that? I mean, we got Baldwin guys. We, we don't need to go out. We don't need to reach out. Um, the first ministry that I worked with was Faith in Action. Um, they build wheelchair ramps. That's, that was the ministry that Alana and Lydia were working with. Um, and then I went with them. Um, people who go to the hospital who didn't have need of wheelchair before, they took... Uh, they come back from the hospital, and after having a surgery or something, they require the use of a wheelchair. But they can't come home until they have a wheelchair ramp into their house because it's not accessible to them now. Uh, so Faith in Action just builds wheelchair ramps predominantly and then gives them an, a great sense of freedom. Um, but one day, we went out in the country to a woman's house um, just outside the, uh, the city limits. And they needed, we were going to replace a walkway from her driveway up into her house. Uh, because she had some, uh, some wooden pallets that had uh, carpeting stapled onto them. And, I mean, it was functional, but it was gross, uh, so we had to change that situation. Um, so we went up, and we were replacing those things with paving stones. And, I mean, my goodness, this woman, she was so happy to have us there and working. She was running in and out of her house, like, bringing us fresh-baked cookies and, like, homemade hot chocolate and... I was wondering, she's, yeah, she's working harder than any of us. This amazing workout that we're getting, we're not, we're not, we're not getting any gains. She's destroying our gains, guys. Um, I like to work out sometimes. Our gains were shot at that mo moment. But so we finally fin finished the project. We've been carrying these pavers and stuff. Um, so, like, we were carrying pavers. Like, I was like, this is a full-blown full workout. I was carrying pavers all around, these big paving stones, like, this big. So you can do, like, some chin-ups, stuff like that. Really sweet. You could get these pallets and, like, smash them into the ground. And they, like, exploded. And then you, like, carry them around. Um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. So I was like, this was really fun. Even if it didn't have a service aspect to it, this is a good thing. But we circled up afterwards. And with this woman, we prayed over her. And she just started to cry. And... I was like, we just had an amazing experience coming out here for just a few hours and enjoying some work outside. And yeah, we're helping someone, but this is still really cool. Um, and then she started crying. 
and I didn't understand why. We just did these small things to her. We dedicated a small amount of our time, but it impacted her heart. And the thing that I realized after that point is that it wasn't because of the things that we did to her, but the love that we showed. She didn't understand why anyone would come and do something for her that, she, that they didn't get anything for. Um, but I know why we did it. Everyone who has the spirit of God should understand this. God's love cannot be contained. God's love oozed out of the little trivial actions that we did that day when we were building. And she received it in her heart. All we did was we, we prayed up and we went and we loved on her a little bit. And God's love just exploded in the situation. Um, 1 John 4, 7 through 12 says this. <clears throat> Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. That verse kind of answered my question. Why in the world did this impact this woman's heart so much? All we did was ask God to come and help us serve. And God just overwhelmed the situation. And through these little trivial acts, he spoke to this woman's heart and impacted her. It's amazing. We've, you can see how that happens constantly in some of the stories that we're going to be sharing. Um, but one of the best ways, well, the life of a Christian should be marked by love. Um, we're not loving with our own love, guys. We're going out there. The, the love of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit is within us. He sent his Son to die for us. He died for us. He created, he had in his mind from the beginning of time, or from before the beginning of time, throughout all eternity in his existence, he loved us and decided that he was going to come and create us even though he'd have to die for us. That's insane. And then he loves us constantly through that. That is the kind of love that we share. That's the kind of love that we have in our hearts. And as Christians, it's not possible for that to remain in us without being poured out and poured out and poured out. <clears throat> First John three eighteen says, Let us not love with word or tongue, but in deed and truth. I think here on campus we have amazing opportunities to just like love on each other in community. You can go up to a person and swipe them into Baldwin. You can let them in their dorm when they're not able to, uh, to get in because they lost their key somewhere. Um, you can hold the door open for, for a girl. It's uh, good stuff, or girls for guys, if you want to be that way. Um, <laughs> anyway, some things I shouldn't have said. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Outreach involves going beyond what is convenient to do. Um, <laughs> uh, worst case scenario, I had a nightmare about this actually last night. But anyway, you guys just love on each other in whatever way is fitting for you. Um, <laughs> You can do all these things for people, but God has called us to so much more. I struggle to understand um, how to justify, like, going out into the community. Like, there's things that we can do to love on each other here, but how am I going to justify, like, I have all this work to do, I have friends to pour into, I have all this stuff just piled on me. I, I need to take care of before I can even think about doing anything outside of campus. Um, but you know what I realized? In getting out there, I realized that 
the intentionality it takes to go out, God blesses what we give him. God blesses what we give him. I just went out for a couple of hours and like wrecked a woman's day um, with these other people. And even though we're here um, for just a short time, this is our home right now, and we're called to invest in the places that God has planted us, no matter how long. If you're a freshman, you got four more years here. Um, this is our home, guys. Make it your home. We're, we're not here for four years worth, worth of uh, short-term missions trips. Like, we, we live right here, and then every week or so, we go out and then help some people, and then we go back. No, our place is right here. This is our home. Iwu and Marion are the same community. <clears throat> The thing about loving people across, uh, across the boundaries of campus and into Marion is that we don't really have that one-to-one connection that you guys may have um, with things in your hometown. Uh, we have a bunch of things right here, but sometimes they just kind of obscure the things that are happening in Marion, some of the needs that are there. Um, and we understand this. That is why we have an entire outreach team dedicated um, to bringing these things to light for you guys. Um, we understand it's, it's daunting to go into the community and be like, okay, I need to go find a need. I need to go fill this. Uh, guys, there are already tons and tons of people in this community who are working um, outside the outreach team. They're loving this community daily, um, even when we're gone over summer breaks and stuff. Um, but what we do, we have outreach coordinators, and we are connected with each of these ministries. Uh, and then we go there weekly. We are maintaining communication with them. We are loving with them. And all we need is for some of you guys to be willing to come and serve with us. <clears throat> if you have an interest, we can get you plugged in. We have uh, people who go, go mentor. Um, we have like a special program. You can go and uh, mentor a person in uh, high school freshman. You can nurture them all the way up into college and just prepare them for a new life. Um, that they're first year college students and they never even thought about college before, but now they decided to dedicate themselves to that, and you guys can nurture them along there. Um, we have visiting people at the VA or the nursing home. Um, these people, they're just, they're not able to get out into the community. They're just, they're sitting there just waiting to be loved on. Guys, there's so much need. There's so much that we were able to give them because God is in us. We, you, can, you can go, and you can go into the community. You can break things like me, carry things around. You want to get workout? Guys, skip, skip one of your uh, excursions into the gym. Go lift some paving stones and destroy stuff. It's so cool. You come back, and you look like a ghost because you got all this dust on you. And people are like, what do you do? And you can do the power pose thing like, I did outreach. I broke stuff. It's awesome. Uh, it's really cool stuff, guys. Um, but there is a need. There is always a need for God's love to be shown wherever we go. And I just want to encourage you, yeah, we can love on people at Iwu right here, but we can go and shine as lights in Marion, and God has called us to love wherever we are. And guys, we are here right here. We are here right now. We have God's spirit within us. There's nothing more that we need except to be willing to have God work through us. I pray that we would just make ourselves available more and more. Right now, we obviously don't have enough time for each one of our outreach coordinators to come up here and talk to you um, about some stories where God has shown up um, and worked in the lives of people that we've interacted with and how we've learned from them. Um, but we're going to give you just a short taste. Uh, right now, um, my friend Joe is going to come up. He works at Center for, uh, Center for Success. Um, and he's going to share a short story about uh, some of the things that he's seen happen as his time.
Thanks, Michael. Can we give Michael a round of applause? Yeah, so my name is Joe. Um, I'm an outreach coordinator at the Center for Success. It's not the Center for, uh, the Student for, yes, it is not that. It is an, <laughs> it's a um, after school program in downtown Marion that invites kids of all ages to come and we help them do homework and help them tutor and um, just have a great time with them, eat snacks and good stuff like that. I was asked to join the outreach team last, the beginning of last year, so my junior year. When I was asked, I had little experience working with kids, so I didn't know exactly what to expect. I had a little bit of experience, but not a whole lot, and I was really nervous. So when I walked in the first day, I had all these little kids running around, and I really tried to interact with them. I tried to sit down and do their homework, and I just couldn't connect with any of them. So I decided to just focus on one one kid. I wish I could tell you his name, but I can't um, just for uh, legal reasons. But he was just an awesome little kid. And for some reason, God just uh, just attracted me to him. And so I started talking to him. I started reading with him. I started trying to do my homework, trying to do his homework with him. But he just really wasn't connecting. I tried and tried and tried. And it took over a semester in order to uh, for him to open up a little bit. Once I realized that he was opening up to me, I started asking him some questions. I started to learn a lot of things about him. One of the things that I learned about him was that he doesn't know his mom and dad. He's moved around his entire life from Mexico, from all over the country. He's finally landed here. His only male role model is his brother who was facing jail time at the, at the time I was talking to him and just wasn't a good role model. But I realized that after I spent some time with him and showed him that I was consistent coming twice a week and spending time with him and showing interest in him, then he started opening up. And it was just a really awesome experience. The center is full of kids like him from different backgrounds, from different schools, from different races, from different families, and they all have their own story. The sad thing is a lot of them are neglected. A lot of them are abused. A lot of them are hungry. A lot of them have never met their mom and dad. It's not uncommon there. One girl, we had to teach her how to brush her hair because she never was taught that. We had to teach a family of little kids how to change their clothes because they would come in weeks at a time wear the same pair of clothes. One girl, I saw her crying in the corner. I asked the uh, volunteer, student volunteer, why she was crying. She said, I just called her beautiful, and she said that she never heard that before. I know that I sound like I'm being dramatic, but truly, I've seen this happen over the last year. Um, I know this sounds like the problems of a big city or a country over in Africa or Europe or wherever, but it's not. This is happening a half a mile as soon as you cross 38th Street. You can walk across that street and find kids that are suffering from one of these things. It may have taken me a year to develop relationships with these kids, but there was one thing that I've learned. And my mentor and advisor, Jack Brady, he taught me an awesome quote, and he taught, teaches all of his classes that. It's, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that, that rang true um, like never before until I started working at the center. 
They just, they just want you to show up. The kids just want you to be there, be consistent in their lives because they don't have that in their lives. For some of them, you may be the only little bit of Jesus, the little Jesus that they experience in their entire life. I know that so many Iowa students are called to ministry. I know that so many Iowa students are called to serve overseas or to serve inner cities. And they're just waiting on their, to be able to use their passion after school to be able to do that. The awesome thing is, is that God has placed us in a position where we can go and serve and do all those things and use all those strengths just right across the road. You don't even need a car. You can just walk over there and serve these kids. Whether it be, even if it's not kids that you're called to, uh, whether it's the elderly, like Michael said, whether it's uh, residents in the jail, they want to see you too and they want to hear your stories. Guys, you don't need to have any particular strengths. You don't need to be good in anything. Um, I'm, I'm not good with kids. I'm still not, it's not, still not my strong suit, but I still go four hours a week and just show up. And from the first time, almost two years ago when I went there and they didn't even look at me, I'm now greeted at the door with hugs and just happy faces and they're just glad to see me. And it's just so exciting and so awesome to see that. And it's not because of anything I, I'm good at. It's not because I'm good at talking to them. It's simply because I've been consistent in their lives. Um, this city needs us, guys, and there's so many people here, like I said, that are called to the ministry and called to missions, and you don't have to wait until you graduate in order to use those strengths. We can help you, provide, we can help you get connected into those different places that need served and help you use those strengths. Now I'm going to introduce uh, my student boss, uh, Natalie Hayes, and she's going to share another story and close us out. Good morning, everyone. Um, wow. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, like Joe said, I'm Natalie Hayes, and I have had the privilege of being part of the outreach team my whole time here at IWU. Um, and it has been such a blessing to me. And when I was told that we had an outreach chapel and I only had a couple minutes to talk about how much I love Marion and how much Jesus loves Marion, I was like, what? I only have that much time to talk about this? So I was like, okay, God, what? what is it that you want me to talk about? And... He gave me one word. He said, worthy. And I was like, what? What do you mean, God? And he just reminded me that he is so worthy for us to live authentically and to love people like he does. And that he calls us worthy enough to do that for him. And that he wants us to show our neighbors here in Marion that they are worthy of his love. So now I want to tell you a couple stories of my friends here in Marion. Some are eight, some are 89, but I want to tell you about them. So I had the privilege of working at the Boys and Girls Club for a couple years, and I got there one day, and the kids were all flooding in, and there's this one little boy, and he, I wish you could all see my face right now, but he, his, his eyebrows were scrunched so far down, he was so angry, and I was like, hey, buddy, like, how was school? And he said, bad, and I was like, yikes. <laughs> well, and I was determined to find something positive about his day, because that's one of my strengths, so I was like, okay. So I'm like, well, i got to find some hope here. And I said, hey, what do you want to be when you're older? Because, you know, kids like to dream. They're like, oh, I want to be a firefighter, like an astronaut or the president. And he looked at me with his eyes scrunched down, and he said, I want to be bad. And I was like, oh, my word. Like, <laughs> like, he left me speechless. What do you tell a kid when he says he just wants to be bad? And so I went to my coworker because I was like, yeah, I, I can't get through to this kid, but I'm not giving up. So I went to my coworker, and I said, hey, can you help me? Like, I want to find some hope in him. Like, I want him to, like, feel like he's worth something. And so he sat down with 
um, this little boy and I, and he asked him the same question. He said, hey, what do you want to be when you're older? And he said, same thing, face scrunched, I want to be bad. And my coworker looked at him and he said, well, you can't be bad because you already are. You got to be something different. And I was like, oh, my word, I can't believe you just said that to him. But it clicked in him, and he was like, oh, you're right. And he was like, hmm, I want to be a baker. And he went on and on about all these, like, chocolate cakes that he wanted to make for people. And he, like, this kid got sent to us with, like, notes home every day from the teacher. And I was just like, oh, wow. And so he, and that wasn't something that we just talked about that day. Like, every day he'd come in, and he, the next day he was like, ah, Miss Natalie, I think I want to be a police officer now. And I was like, well, great. So we just, like, dreamed about what he could possibly be. And I think that that's, that's what God does for us. He meets us where we are, and he instills hope in us. And I think that this little boy, he just needed to be seen, and he needed to be heard, and he needed someone to know his heart, and he needed to be loved. And I think that that's what God calls us to do. Um, it's a desire of all of our hearts to be seen, heard, known, and loved. And that's just what he needed. So I'm going to tell you another story um, about some people at Colonial Oaks. Um, so there's this couple there, and they are, like, living in the same room, and they've been married for years, and you ask them how long they've been married, and they look at each other, and they shout because they can't hear each other, and they're like, how long have we been married? And they're like, what? What? And they're like, I don't know. It's been too long, but we love each other, you know, and you ask them how many kids they have. They have no idea, but they love them, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> but, but something that they taught me, okay, so they are an incredible couple. So when it was dinner time, they're both in wheelchairs, and the husband would get in his wheelchair, and the wife would be in front, and he would sit down, and he would wheel his wheelchair and push hers all the way down the hallway to the dining commons. It was the most precious thing ever. It was beautiful to see. And they just taught me that even when we forget things or, like, life is crazy here on campus, but just to authentically love each other well. And so that was something that I learned from them. Um, another story of a couple at, Colon or not a couple, a lady at Colonial Oaks. Um, she had an amputated leg, and she was hilarious. We would go in there, a group of us would go every week, and the one week we, we would talk about her grandkids, and the next week um, she was talking about how she pulled an all-nighter watching a Medea marathon, and I was like, what? <laughs> so, but she was there for a while, but she found joy in everything that she did, which was so encouraging to me. Um, and I wish that our whole team could get up here and tell more stories because they're full of them. We have so many stories to share. Um, and I'm sure that if you want more, they're all over here in green shirts and you can find them. Um, but something that I just wanted to remind you guys of is that we're not up here to boost our weekly numbers of like, oh, yeah, we have this many people coming with us. Because that's not what it's about at all. And I think a lot of times, like Michael was saying, we feel like there's this gap between Iwoo and Marion. But really, guys, that's not where the gap is at all. It's between our fallen world and the kingdom of heaven. And I just want to ask to invite you guys in and just to step out and to really see people on campus or off campus and know them and know their story and hear them and hear what they've walked through and truly love them like Jesus did. And I just want to encourage you guys with those papers that you guys got when you came in, don't just toss that away. Um, really look at it. And we're just a resource for you guys. Our team is a resource. Um, we have strong relationships built with the ministry leaders in the community, and we want to partner with you. And I know there's one thing that I like to assume of all of you is that you all have such willing hearts. And I know that there are a lot of you already plugged into the community, and that encourages me so much. But I know that you're willing, and just use us as a vessel, um, just as a, an avenue to get out into the community. If you don't have a car or you need something, um, just contact any of those emails. We'd be more than willing to partner with you. Thanks.
Thanks, guys. I hope that um, you all take the opportunity to get involved in some way with outreach.